Podcast Answer Man, episode number 331. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everyone. This is Jason Van Orden from Internet Business Mastery. You are listening to the man who has trained more people how to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. You know, I got a podcasting A to Z course that can help you with that. Anyway, there's something we can all do to take our podcast and everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, hey, I want to start this episode off real quickly with an important update from the topic that was brought up in episode three. 30 of Podcast Answer Man last week, I had told you that Skype was making a change uh, to their service to where they were going to cut off completely the desktop API for their service, which would render services like Pamela completely useless. The the, the Pamela uh, recording software that, that ties into the API of Skype would no longer work after December if you keep up with all of the updates on the application from Skype. And I had read in last week's episode where uh, directly from the Pamela website that actually even says that, you know, we regret this and there's nothing we can do about it. And yes, after December, this is no longer going to work. And, um, you know, they, they said, you know, stay tuned. We'll see if there's anything we can do. And in that post, they said this is actually going to affect all Skype recording software that functions like ours. And so I made the assumption that, you know, okay, well, you know, call recorder on the Mac does the same thing that Skype is doing. Well, my friends, I should know what happens when you you assume things and we don't need to go there. But it turns out that call recorder, the folks uh, over at Ecamm, are quite uh, adamant that their software will continue to work on the Mac. Um, matter of fact, uh, I've got a couple of emails, and there's a lot of people who sent me various different reports. But I'm going to read to you one. Uh, first of all, Christopher Wright sent me this one here. Uh, he actually got an email, or a friend of his uh, named Donna had received an email from supportdesk at ecam.com. And this actually comes from... Uh, Midori, okay, from Ecan, and Midori had written on October 17th to Donna saying, hi Donna, fortunately for us and our customers, Ecan's call recorder product will continue to work without the developer API. You should not expect any disruption in the app's functionality. Let me know if you have any other questions that come up. Best Midori. So there you go. Um, That is something that Christopher Wright sent along to me. And I have no reason to suspect that that's not a a valid email that was forwarded. 
So this is good news. Also, Ryan Jacoby sent me this. He says, regarding Skype cutting off the desktop API, Ken from their engineering team said, as for the Skype API, as of now, it doesn't look like this will affect Call Recorder. We do not rely on their API to integrate into Skype. In fact, Call Recorder actually existed before they introduced the Skype API. That said, it's impossible to know what the future might bring for add-ons like ours. With Skype's new monthly update cycle, they are keeping us on our toes. That's for sure. Thanks, Ken. So there you go. I've got somebody, I've got a confirmation from Ecamm's support department to one of their customers. Uh, I got a confirmation of an email that was sent and also um, a, a, a message from Ken in the engineering department of call or Ecamm's call recorder software. Um, and it seems like they feel like everything's going to be fine. So I wanted to give you that update. That is something that certainly I want to give you the best and most clear information. And of course, we'll know more after December, won't we? And yes, there will be multiple ways to come up with recording software, even if Skype does, um, does, you know, shut things off and cause problems for everybody. Uh, But at this point, it looks like Pamela is expecting that they will not have software that will record after December's API shutoff. And Ecamm's call recorder on the Mac actually seems very confident that they will. I'll keep you posted as we go along. I'm sure you guys will keep me posted. Personally, I don't use either of those uh, pieces of software. I do everything with hardware uh, and a mix minus. And yes, I know that somebody sent me an email saying, but Cliff, you understand that you're recording into software on your digital audio recorder. And that's, yes, technically that's true. But what I'm saying is that I'm using a piece of hardware that is designed to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to record audio. It is a digital audio recorder. It's not uh, multitasking. There aren't tons of other radios and Uh, moving parts inside of there that are causing interference and noise floors and all this other stuff. Um, Yeah, so I prefer using a hardware solution rather than recording into software on my computer to be more accurate if that helps you out there. So anyway, call recorder, is it going to be okay? It seems like it is. Pamela, still the future is not looking so bright, my friends, Uh, but we'll keep you posted as I learn more in the future. But I wanted to give you that update. Next up, I want to just uh, quickly mention uh, it's only, I think it's two weeks away, the Platform Conference in Dallas, Texas. I am going to be speaking at Michael Hyatt's Platform Conference. This will be the second time speaking at that conference, and this time I am going to be speaking on the benefits of podcasting for taking your platform to the next level. That's right. I'm going to speak to an entire audience of people who are actually Uh, at the very beginning stages of creating an online platform to get their message out in the noisy world. And there'll be some people who are a little bit further along in the journey as well, but I can certainly tell you this, a majority of the people in that crowd, when I actually stand up on that stage, a majority of those people will not have a podcast already, and a majority of them probably will have not even considered the idea that they should create a podcast. And my goal, my goal with my talk is that 95 out of every 100 people 
that are at that conference who hear my talk will not only consider doing a podcast, but will have a podcast within 12 to 18 months of hearing my talk. That, that's a lofty goal, but that's what I'm shooting for. I am going to be doing a persuasive talk on the benefits of why creating a podcast is the single best platform out there for taking your message to the next level. So looking forward to that. If you have, uh, if you are coming to the platform conference, I look forward to seeing you there. For those of you uh, who have not signed up yet and you're going to be in the Dallas, Texas area or you're going to uh, travel there as myself and Stephanie are. By the way, I am taking my wife Stephanie with me to this conference. She's very much looking forward to it. And the conference is going to be on uh, November 3rd through the 5th. You can find out more information at platformconference.tv. And if you use promo code Cliff, my first name, uh, you get $150 off of the registration. So go ahead and do that. Now, I recognize some of you are going to be in the Dallas area. And for whatever reason, you're not going to be able to attend the conference. Stephanie and I are actually going to be hosting a podcastanswerman.com community meetup in Dallas, Texas. Stephanie and I would love for you to come and join us. And if you want the information, go to podcastanswerman.com slash meetup. Podcastanswerman.com slash meetup. Now, this is going to be held on Tuesday, November 5th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we are going to be eating at a restaurant. I don't even know if I can pronounce the name of it. Where is it at down here? It's Ifratelli's or Efratelli. Efratelli's Restaurant and Bar. It's a. It's very well known in the area, I understand, for their out, outstanding and amazing pizzas. Anyway, uh, it, it's going to be an awesome time. We've reserved a, a special semi-private room that will allow us to have 50 guests and uh, there is a hard limit of 50 guests, so 50 people available uh, or that can come. And I opened up the registration and sent the invite just to a small select group of people uh, last night after midnight. And it's only 1031 in the morning the next day. Already 20 tickets to this event have been claimed. So that means as I'm recording this episode, there are only 30 spots available for this meetup and again there is a hard limit of 50 people so if you want to come and join myself and stephanie and let me just name off some of the other people that are coming jared easley jim munchback daniel hayes christopher vanderventer cynthia sanchez from the Oso pinteresting podcast brian holmes from strategic living podcast joe taylor is coming he podcasting a to z alumni member mark mason from the late night internet marketing podcast uh kirk Bowman is coming. He's another podcasting A to Z alumni. Uh, Ray Edwards from the Ray Edwards podcast over at rayedwardspodcast.com. Lots of other people who have already signed up. And I will tell you right now, just to hang out with those folks for three hours, even even more than just hanging out with myself and Stephanie, if you want to come to this, it's going to be awesome. Now, I do want to say that dinner uh, is going to be provided by, normally I pay for this and, and it's and it's a pleasure and a great honor for me to buy dinner for everybody that comes to these meetups. But I'm trying something different this time. It's interesting. Uh, My good friend Jim Munchback from the Social Business Podcast over at uh, The 
socialbusinesspodcast.com. By the way, he, there is the the in there. Anyway, the socialbusinesspodcast.com. Jim Munchback is actually buying dinner that night. He's actually sponsoring this event uh, for us. So absolutely looking forward to seeing you there. And again, if you want more information and you want to RSVP, do so very quickly. Uh, there's an FAQ at the bottom of that page that you can answer. That's got answers to the frequently asked questions there. And again, uh, podcastanswerman.com slash meetup. I hope to see you guys there. And by the way, real quickly, um, if you're not coming to the event, or to the conference, you are able to register for this event, please, this meetup. And if you are coming to the conference, you can, this is going to be the evening after the conference ends. So uh, you're more than, uh, be you know, plan an extra day in Dallas and come hang out with us for three hours and have wonderful food and wonderful company. So there you go. That's what's going on. And by the way, for those of you who are not going to be anywhere near Dallas and you have no plans to to come to the meetup or whatever the case may be, you still may want to go to podcastanswerman.com slash meetup, look at the Eventbrite page, and maybe use it as a source of inspiration for you to think about creative ways that you can uh, design and plan for meetups with your community when you go out of town. They're absolutely hands down wonderful and awesome. We're going to turn to the voicemail feedback hotline. And by the way, today I do have an, a social media segment that Eric Fisher and I are going to do. We're going to talk about Facebook fan pages versus personal Facebook profiles. Anyway, we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, we're going to turn to the voicemail feedback hotline. And Jeff has a question for us. Jeff, take it away. Hey, Cliff. This is Jeff from the SlewFootHockeyShow.com. And this question is for the podcast answer man. My co-host and I recently used your Bluehost affiliate link for hosting our website, and we'd like to thank you very much for the shout-out you did on your show. The question I have is my co-host and I have been recently looking into attending the New Media Expo in Vegas in January, but as our podcast has been merely a hobby up to this point, uh, we don't make any money off of it, uh, so we're kind of limited as far as budgetary goes, would you suggest going to the New Media Expo or would you suggest upgrading some of our equipment? We feel like we have a decent sounding show and a website that's starting to look decent. Um, Do you think it's a better investment to go to the New Media Expo or to invest in some newer equipment, as an example, the Heil microphones? Um, If you can give me an email back, that would be great. I appreciate all your time and all you do for podcasters such as myself. Thank you very much. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for that. And rather than sending you an email back, I'm going to just answer it right here for you and everyone else in the Podcast Answer Man community. If you would have asked me this question four years ago, I would have told you, hands down, dude, get yourself some great equipment. Take things to the next level and make your podcast audio out of this world you know forget about going to that conference well you want to know something i would have been dead wrong and i would have been speaking out of inexperience or ignorance of the value of these conferences and and let me just say this in all fairness and full disclosure i am the director of podcasting for new media expo it is a contract position i have with them 
And certainly I love, you know, it's, it's within my desire and, and also my goals to get as many people to come to the conference as possible. But I can say with full integrity that even if I was not the director of podcasting, my answer would be go to New Media Expo. If you have enough money and it is an option between upgrading your equipment and going to New Media Expo and you have enough money for either of those two options, but not both, hands down, go to New Media Expo. The reason why is because the return on your investment will be far greater than what you will have with just your equipment alone. Because if you come to New Media Expo, the chances are you're going to be able to meet with some people who will help you. There'll be t- there'll be sessions there that will t- help you take your less your lower quality equipment and get better sound. You'll learn you'll learn you'll be in sessions that will teach you techniques for improving the audio quality of your podcast with what you have already. And you can actually invest in better equipment down the road. Um, so I, I fully, fully am in full support of you know putting some money aside and eventually upgrading into some professional, high quality broadcast quality equipment. Um, but at this point in time, your your show is is you, as you said, it's a hobby. It's not bringing in any income or anything like that. There's no question in my mind that you can come away with at least 10 different ideas that you can instantly put into practice that will help you start to think about ways to monetize your efforts in podcasting. Uh, and and the fact is, is that there's a chance that you could build a business around your podcast, not making your podcast your business. Again, if you want to hear my thoughts on that, go to podcastanswerman.com slash occupation. All right, podcastanswerman.com slash occupation. I'm not a fan of trying to turn your podcast into your career. Um, but, uh, and by the way, I don't see that that's impossible. Go and listen to the episode, podcastanswerman.com slash occupation. But even with a show like yours, there are some things you can do and you will learn at New Media Expo that will help you to get to that new equipment before you even know it. I mean, so so basically what I believe is that there will be uh, several returns on your investment, massive returns on your investment if you go to New Media Expo. Uh, if for no other reason, just to network and meet with other people, the size of your audience will grow uh, as, you, as you get to know other people who will then help promote your show and you'll be promoting them. I, I, I could go on and on and on forever, but, but Jeff, the, the question you asked was, should I, ju- should I choose to go to New Media Expo or buy Ohio and a couple other pieces of equipment, hands down, go to New Media Expo and then later upgrade your equipment. That is my official response. All right, one more question here. I think we got time. Yep, let's go ahead and turn to Ken, who has this question about moving to Lipson. Hey, Cliff. My name is Ken Jensen of CleverSurvivalist.com, and I am on my Audio-Technica 2100 that you actually recommended for an on-budget microphone. My question is this. If I have my podcast on archive.org, which is the free option, and want to move them to Libsyn.com, which we all know is the better option, do you know of a simple or effective way to move all of my content over from archive.org to Libsyn.org and then have them available on iTunes? Thank you for everything that you do, and I'm looking forward to you answering my question. Bye. 
All right, Ken, thank you so much uh, for the question. And yes, there is an easy way for you to do this. Um, if you actually send an email to support at Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com, support at Libsyn dot com and let them know that you've just created a brand new account and you need to import your back catalog of your podcasts. They're able to do this for you. I believe they, that you, I, I don't know the details of how it works, but let me just give you my assumption. Of course, I've already realized what happens when I do this, but I would assume that you can just give them your RSS feed to your podcast and they can go, you know, kind of uh, suck down all of those previous episodes and put them onto their server. And then, of course, uh, you're, you need to just go in and, and either manually update all of the links that were going to archive.org over to uh, links that would be you know appropriate for Lipson. There is a way, if you're technical enough or you know somebody who can help you, that you can get into the database and do a find and rewrite every single time archive.org shows up and you can replace it with a traffic.lipson.com slash username slash and then it has your file. So anyway, uh, support at lipson.com email them. Uh, it, by the way, it's five cents per megabyte, five cents per megabyte. And that's pretty reasonable. Um, and, uh, I, I, I highly encourage you to do that. Of course, Ken, if you are just now setting things up, I do encourage you to, uh, get your first month free at Lipson. And this is available to everyone, by the way, first month free. If you use promo code GSPN, so if you go to Lipson.com, your first month of service, no matter what level you choose, is 100% free, promo code GSPN. And by the way, um, I, I, my promo code gets used so many times, they actually have a limit on the number of times it can be used uh, to prevent you know, promo code fraud or something like that. I don't understand. But anyway, just if you get an email, if, if you go and try promo code GSPN and it doesn't work, all you need to do is shoot me an email. Um, and I will send an email off to a friend of mine and he will go in and reset my code and it will immediately start working again. Um, anyway, so there you go. Promo code GSPN, get your first month free at Libsyn. And by the way, I do get a, I do get a commission for that. That is an affiliate relationship that I have. Just want to fully disclose that to you. And, uh, yeah. Hmm. So that answers that question. Um, the, I guess the other thing is, is, uh, I've got 22 minutes in. I have a little bit of time just to say that uh, my next podcasting A to Z course is coming up on uh, November 18th will be when it launches. This will be my final A to Z course for 2013. This is your last opportunity to go through this course this year. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that my next uh, session will not be until February uh, so, so if you have been thinking about signing up for podcasting A to Z, now is the time to do it. Also, there's going to be a limit of 25 spaces, I believe, that I'm going to do on this session. And already, this, by the way, this is the first official mention that I'm making of podcasting A to Z, November third, November 18th. I have not sent out an email to my mailing list yet, and already five people are fully paid and registered for the course. So, I have no doubt that this course is going to fill. So if you want to sign up, sign up today. And in fact, I just want to play this for you and then we'll go right into our social media segment. (laughs) 
Are you thinking of launching your own podcast and don't know where to start? You could have your own high-quality podcast online in just under four weeks, even if you have absolutely no technical knowledge about how podcasting works. Intrigued? 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 Since 2006, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, has trained thousands of people on how to launch a successful podcast. Cliff has coached top-ranked podcasters such as Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Dan Miller, John Lee Dumas, and the list goes on. Podcasting A to Z is a four-week group training course that leads you step-by-step through the setup of your very own podcast. Not just the technical side, but also the mindset that goes into creating a successful show as well. One thing is certain. At the end of four weeks, you will have experienced one of the best investments you can make in taking your message to the next level. To learn more details about the course, head to podcastinga2z.com. Podcastinga2z.com. Well, my friends, it is that time again for our social media segment with my great friend, Eric J. Fisher, who has been standing by patiently here. Eric, how are you today, man? I am good, but I'm sitting down, so. Oh, you're, you're not standing by anymore? You got I'm tired, waiting. You I've got been tired waiting of standing. Breath. Yes. <laughs> nice. Hey, uh, we're going to be talking about Facebook today, a topic that, to be honest with you, I can't recall whether or not we have discussed this topic in an episode of Podcast Answer Man before. Now, for those who don't know this, Eric Fisher and I used to do a podcast called Social Media Serenity. Now, we did 119 episodes of that podcast, so we've talked about a lot of social media-related stuff outside of Podcast Answer Man, and I know we've talked about the difference between having a Facebook fan page versus having a personal profile, which one should you do but uh today we're going to go ahead and bring it up because we're not sure right well yeah and it's something worth revisiting i think somebody asked us in a private facebook message which i knew you would never see and (laughs) hey that's not true i would see it (laughs) eventually you would have seen it within the next 60 to 90 days and how in it in 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 well, and like you, I should say, it is not my primary channel of communication, but it does get the job done once in a while. And so, you know, I do check it because it's there. Yes. I so, And, and I do check it as well about once every quarter. <laughs> if, you, if you guys want to get a message to me, my email address, by the way, is cliff at podcastanswerman.com. There you go. So, so there you go. But we got a message from Spencer Burnside, and he I know asked, Spencer. "Hello, Spencer. Hi, Spencer." And and I wrote back to him because I knew you wouldn't. But anyway, I'm not rubbing it <laughs> in or anything. Wait I'm a really second. Not, you were. Wait a second. I would have written back to him eventually, but eventually. he would have forgotten. He would have figured out his question without our help, and that would have been. Well, uh, I guess that would have been okay, actually. But <laughs> wait a second. From what I understood before we actually got into this recording. Uh, you had told me that he's already made his decision. He did, but but because I asked him a few questions and he answered them and then realized what he wanted to do, I guess. Oh, okay. But anyway, all in all, I was not trying to rub in <laughs> or play favorites with social networks, but regardless, he writes, okay, guys, here's my Facebook question of the day. Is it better to create a Facebook fan page or use my own personal profile and let people publicly follow me? Unless I'm mistaken, Cliff, you don't have a Facebook fan page, but Eric, you do have one. How has your choice made a difference for both of you? 
Oh, very good question. And I will tell you, this is something that uh, I go back and forth on about whether or not I should create one of these Facebook fan pages again. And I will say this. I used to have two or three different Facebook fan pages. And today I have zero. And uh, it is very intentional. I deleted my Facebook fan pages and uh, made sure to run pretty much all of my promotion of personal interest and business pursuits uh, completely 100% off of my personal Facebook profile. Uh, And the reason for my doing that, uh, we can discuss uh, in detail if you want. But uh, the big thing is... I think, well, let's let it, let's actually discuss that real quick because I go to your profile yep. and this is actually the reason why I created mine was when I go there and it says work or, you know, a little briefcase, whatever that's supposed to represent. It says podcast producer, consultant, coach, and public speaker at self-employed and loving it. Exactly. And I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And the thing is, is that I realized I was starting to get a pickup and an increase, I should say, of people following and friending me on Facebook. And I was just accepting that. But then I realized that when I went to my profile, it was not giving them any kind of information in my profile about my podcast. And I thought, well, heck, if you're going to connect with me, I want you to know. And so now one of my slots there is podcaster at beyond the to-do list. And then also my day job of social media manager at Indiana Wesleyan University. That's and so. And you want to know why mine does not have the name of my company or business? Why? Hold on. Let me let me go to oh, face. Oh, because of the community pages. That Remember, we did an entire yes. episode. I hate community pages. So if I actually put down that, you know, I work at podcastanswerman.com, then Facebook automatically creates a fan page for my business. But and, I don't know if that's the case anymore. Okay, well, it used to be the case and it drove me. Because they didn't create one it, for mine that I it just It drives created. me to want to curse is what it does. And and I hated it so much. And and I'm not even sure if it's gone now. So let me let me go in here. I'm going to do a search on, on uh, Facebook for Podcast Answer Man. Because if it's still there, I will be very upset. And uh, let's see here. Web search, web search. Actually, I'm very happy to say that they finally did remove it. It, it, it took a lot for it to get to get it removed. And I can't even remember how I did it. But I was very irate for a very long period of time. Yeah. So, 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 so actually, you're saying, let, let's go to Facebook.com. So I'm going to go to Facebook.com slash Eric J with... Uh, Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. And I am looking over there. So I see podcaster at beyond the to-do list. And so if I click that, uh, it took me to your fan page. Yes. But you chose that? I created it, yes. Okay. So if and, you- and I, Because I wanted to have that piece of information show up in my Facebook profile. Gotcha. Well, here and here's the thing. It, I think that if in, number one, I intentionally do not want a fan page, and if I don't have a fan page, I still believe they create a community page. But I could be wrong. And by the way, for those who don't know, a community page is where Facebook, at, at least at some point in the past, it, they definitely anytime you liked something 
or anytime you you mentioned a place where you work, if there was not a page associated with it, they created what was called a community page, which looks exactly like a fan page. The only problem is, is that if you're the owner of that company, there's no way for you to manage what's on that page. People can go in and like it, but you have really no control over it. You could actually try to um, request to take it over, but it it was really it it was a really horrible process. And yeah, so, I had to actually go through some back channels through friends and people that knew people at Facebook to get the page that was a community page for my day job to be merged with the one that I created and gain all those followers. Yeah. So why don't I want a fa- fan page? Number one, uh, Facebook extortion. Uh, I believe that uh, <laughs> right. Facebook actually uh, encourages you to build your brand and get and collect your following and, and engage with them on your fan page for your brand. And then they will charge you money so that you can actually show up in people's news feeds when you have new things that you want to publish to them. So, for example, if you were to get somebody to subscribe to your blog and they were subscribed to your RSS feed and you publish a new episode, well, if the if the folks have actually, if you've grown enough of a relationship with them to where they will manually go in and subscribe to your RSS feed, well, that that's communicating, hey, I want to hear from you. And, of course, every time you publish a new blog post, um, they will get an update. And And similarly... If you were able to convince somebody, uh, if you were able to take your relationships to such a level where they actually opt in on your mailing list and give you their first name and their email address, and all of a sudden they said, hey, you can email me. Well, when you send out an email uh, using your AWeber or whatever account that you have, then they will receive it in their inbox. However, if you actually get to the place where people have, you've developed enough of relationships where somebody goes to your Facebook fan page, they click the like button saying that, hey, I like this, I'm willing to get updates from them. Then Facebook, when you publish something new to your site, you will notify about 20 par- 20% of the people who clicked like on your page. Now, right. I, the statistics, I have no idea what they are, but I know it's ridiculously low unless you pay money to actually promote it. And unless they are like actively clicking like and raising the affinity for that page. Exactly. They won't see the stuff. And and so, the, and now here's, there is a caveat to this. Now, if I go back, Eric, I, I wonder if I can, yeah, I can go back. So I'm on, I'm at facebook.com slash beyond the to-do list now. All right. So it actually now is not in the URL, just in case anybody's wondering. It's, a, it's just facebook.com slash beyond That's the to do list. Show. Yeah. So um, if I click, if I hover over the like button, which by the way, I've liked this page. If I hover over the liked button, I can choose to get notifications. This is an opt in. Now, in my mind, when I am liking a page, I, I feel like that should be I'm opting in to get notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that's not true. No, that's not true. I, I think that it's that would not be basically it's opt it's automatic. Well, you're well, opting well, in to have things show up in your newsfeed. Right. Based upon what Facebook thinks you should get. Although you clicking like depending 
could be thinking that you're clicking like to just receive everything in your newsfeed. Exactly. And it's not that. You, you I think know, most people think that and they you, might be wrong. They and they're almost and certainly they wrong. <laughs> you're you're basically when you click like on a page, you are saying, I'd like to see some things. I'm okay with seeing some things in my newsfeed. Uh, but just understand you're you you probably will see very little from that page. Um, but if you actually do hover over it and click get notifications, then up in that little notification window, like it, notifications by default will tell you every time somebody's commented on a post that you've made. Um, or it's, it will notify you every time somebody tags you in a photo, every time somebody likes a photo that you've uploaded. Um, or mentions you in a reply or a post. or Yeah, those are all, all those very common notifications. But if you wanted to, if you really enjoy beyond the to-do list and you don't want to miss anything that Eric posts there, not only do you need to like the page, but then you would also want to hover over the like button and click get notifications. That's the only way you're going to be certain to get a notification uh, somewhere on Facebook each time Eric does something on his fan page. And I just don't like that. I, I, I don't think that that, um, I don't think that it gives me enough exposure to the number of people who have expressed interest in what I have to say. So I'm not a fan of fan pages. That's a great way to put it. So there you go. And of yeah. course I know that they're not called fan pages anymore, but Hey, Facebook called them that for years and, and it's stuck. So yeah, they're, they're, they are Facebook pages at this point. Well, I'll talk a little bit more, but I've talked a lot now. So Eric, tell me yeah. why, why do you have, fan pages. Well, again, what I wanted to do was make sure that people that were connecting with me on my Facebook profile, that when they first saw my profile and they looked to see, okay, who is this guy? What's he doing? Oh, he's the, like, it's funny. There are people that will connect with you. If you're not a huge name or anything, like I don't claim to be famous or and, and whatnot, but People will, there are people who have listened to my show, but have also interacted with me on Facebook and not known I'm that guy. Nice. It can happen. And so I thought, well, here you go. I'm going to make sure that there is one, here's one of the things I decided, you know what? I'm going to claim that stake in that name of that show on Facebook so that I own it. One, two, so that it's attached to my profile. Number two. And then three, yeah, to do some differentiated stuff so that I can put out, you know, another notice of, you know, the audiobook being free or, or different things like that or, uh, you know, so that I can get a little extra exposure and, I, and you can actually automate a little bit better. You can actually automate in Facebook, on Facebook pages and have that be part of EdgeRank and not have it be a, a problem, whereas you can't schedule things on a profile. So, yeah. So, you know, just a little extra exposure, but also those two other reasons. Yeah. And, and, and there's one really huge reason, and it's the only reason I've ever considered going back to a fan page, which trust me, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon. But there is one other major benefit, and that is if you wanted to gain a new audience um, or additional audience to your brand, you can use Facebook advertising and Facebook advertising is very targeted and can be extremely effective. And so if you have products and services that are for sale and you you can develop a great marketing campaign, it is it is possible for you to generate a lot of additional income 
by having a great fan page presence and with the proper use of Facebook advertising campaigns. So, so yeah. th- that is that is one of, the, and of course, that is not available to you um, it, with a personal profile. You, I just can't, I can't advertise things off of my personal profile, which yeah. is not and a big deal. So, for me, I wanted that option at some point. I didn't want to do it just yet, but I knew that was also an added benefit down the road. So, um, so Spencer, who kicked this all off, he says. Um, in a quick search, he read a post, and basically, he wanted to use the tab feature to link up to a product store, conduct, conduct surveys, and run giveaways. And that, um, and and the thing he 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 was concerned with, which you already talked about, was that personal profile posts are more likely to be seen than fan page posts, and that's one hundred percent true as far as you know what we've seen in terms of throttling or or. I don't know what edge rank, the way it works out with pages, unless you have a high affinity, like again, unless you, unless there's a, you know, so for me, example, if there's a Facebook fan page or a Facebook page, I should say uh, about bacon and I go and click get notifications and I click like on that thing every single time. At some point, if I turned get notifications off on that page, I'd probably still end up seeing that thing a lot more often than other things, other pages that I'd liked because because of the affinity I'd driven. Yeah, Yeah. The engagement. And so, but yeah, he so that's kind of where he landed on is is he wanted to do those things with his brand and that that option was the one that worked for him. So really it comes down to what are you wanting to do and how are you wanting to do it and which option set for a profile or a page is best for you. Yeah. And and I just want to say if you go to facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft, I am I absolutely have determined that Facebook is my number one favorite social network right now. Uh, and and that is that blows the minds of people who've been listening to me for years because it's always been Twitter up to this point. And I absolutely love the way that I am using my personal profile. Uh, right now I'm looking, I have three thousand two hundred friends. I have four hundred twenty three people who follow me. Uh, and by the way, people who follow you are isn't it that's an option you can turn on where people can follow you, but you don't have to actually friend them back. Um, I mean, and by the way, those are 423 people who didn't actually do the friend request because I mm-hmm. usually friend anybody on. You'll accept any friend request that is made to you mostly until I get to 5,000 and then I yeah. have to actually start going through and, and doing some stuff. But, but at this point I friend just about anybody and I only unfriend people when they invite me to stupid stuff. Um, right. <laughs> don't send me your candy crush stuff and, and don't invite me to every event that you deleted. Exactly. I will unfriend yeah. you, but, um, well, so I've not publicly said yet, but, um, Facebook, Facebook's turned into my preferential social network. Yeah, it has. And the reason is the engagement, the, the, enga- um, the engagement is second to none. Yeah, I mean, it's the fact that you remember last week when we talked about the whole thing about your, your, uh, you know, being obsessed with the numbers and all that. And the fact that that discussion all got kicked off by somebody's post, uh, Jeff Brown's post. I won't say somebody, I know him. <laughs> we both know him. Come on. Hi, Jeff. Um, that his post that he did posted in September still was jumping to the top of my newsfeed because I engaged with it once or twice. And then other people did again. And it, bumped it right back up. Yeah. And the fact that that can happen, that conversations can still keep going is just, uh, you know, and then the fact that like just the content, like I can get like 75 likes and a bunch of comments on something stupid. I said yesterday, like, 
Uh, and don't hate me for saying this. Even Jesus doesn't listen to Christmas music this early. (laughs) 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 Um, I got 11 retweets on that on Twitter, but on Facebook, like literally there was like 75 likes and, you know, 10 to 20 comments and things. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, people will see it more and it's more, you know, it's, it's more visible and it's, I mean, the spreading of stuff can go farther in a sense on, on Twitter because of the whole retweet where it like literally gets doubled over into somebody else's audience if they retweet you. But then again, the time, the, the decay rate is so fast that, you know, so Facebook has has become and, my preference. Yeah, and I still and I still love Twitter. Don't get me wrong. I, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I still love Twitter, but but Facebook is nice. One thing I've noticed on Facebook though is that they actually have threaded comments now. Where it, it, I think it's an option you can turn on for your fan page, and it allows you to respond to a specific comment. So right now on my personal profile, if I have like sixty comments, they all are listed in chronological order as they've come in. Whereas if um if I had a fan page, I could turn it on to where, let's just say, Eric, you were the third person out of 50 to comment on my status update. And if somebody wanted to respond to you specifically, they could actually go to your comment and click reply to that. And it actually has a threaded conversation. Have you seen that on Facebook? I have. Yes. That's pretty cool. I, I like that. And I would love to see that turned on to, for personal profiles. Although I I heard somebody say that when you turn that on, it really messes up the order of stuff. Have you heard about that? I think it has to do with top commenters as well. And I don't know how exactly that works. I've seen it happen where somebody's got the Facebook plugin, commenting plugin on their blog. And because I've had a, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I'll go in and I'll type my comment and I'll hit, you know, hit send. And then my comment, bumps to the very top because it says top commenter with a, sp- a star there Yeah, for some reason. I think so. it was Father Roderick I saw mention that. He's like, oh man, I, I really enjoyed this, but now all of a sudden these things aren't coming in chronological order. Makes it very difficult for me to keep up with where the conversation's going and, and stuff like that. How do I go in and turn it off? I, I could be wrong, but I think it was Father Roderick that said that. Anyway, yeah. but uh, but still, I, I personal profile, I love it. Um, more people see my stuff because uh, it's a personal profile. Uh, that's a guaranteed. Uh, if I do want to actually sponsor a post, it's only $5 or something like that. Whereas with a fan page, I understand it can be much more expensive. And the more number of people who are your you know followers on that page, uh, the more expensive I believe it is or the more expensive it gets over time as you public sponsor things. Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's all true. of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I just want to say this. I absolutely love having a personal profile and I, I, I want to read something to you. This is, you know, my business versus my, you know, personal life. Here's, I, and I wish I knew who the author of this quote was. Maybe it was Zig Ziglar. It might've been somebody else, but Dan Miller quotes this all the time. He says, the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his education and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he is always doing both. And that's Good my stuff. and that my friends 
is why I have a personal profile on Facebook. <laughs> How about that for being deep? There you go. Eric, thank you once again for another wonderful social media segment. Where can people find you online? They can find me online at beyondthetodolist.com and twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. That also goes for facebook.com as well. Awesome. Thanks again, my friend. Thanks for having me. Well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. I hope that you guys enjoyed our conversation about Facebook and uh, also, I hope that, uh, that you've just found the podcast valuable overall. Hey, real quickly, just a shout out to those of you who have been using my promo code over there at Bluehost. Uh, somebody just signed up with iCityHomestead.com. That's iCity. That's I-C-I-T-Y. Homestead.com. Thank you so much. Also, uh, just another shout out to SlewFootHockeyShow.com. That's S-L-E-W. SlewFootHockeyShow.com. Thank you, Jeff, for the question that you submitted today. And also, a special thank you to the folks behind BabyInBloom.net. This is BabyInBloom.net. They actually signed up for my servant hosting affiliate link. Uh, You can learn all of my thoughts about uh, web hosting over at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. And by the way, a lot of you have responded to my inside the studio tutorial and uh, the response has been amazing. And by the way, just because of the amount of things that I have to do for setting things up for New Media Expo, uh, getting my talk prepared for and and practiced for um, the platform conference, also marketing, podcasting A to Z and answering questions and doing follow-ups related to that and just a whole number of other things, I just want to tell you, it's not at the top of my priority list to go in and change the price on Inside the Studio. Uh, But I will tell you that the price on that is going to go up eventually. You still have an opportunity to get it for $75. Let me tell you real quickly the new tutorials that you get with Inside the Studio tutorial. You get the original recording that was there, but you also get this thing called Equipment Options for Every Budget. Again, Equipment Options for Every Budget. That's the first tutorial. It's over an hour in length. And then also the second tutorial that you get, and this is all brand new information, it's called Mixer Basics and Equipment Setup. And this walks you through everything you could possibly want to know about your standard audio mixers for podcasting. And of course, for those of you who are looking to create a podcast and you want a little bit more uh, personalized coaching and help along the way, then I encourage you to sign up for my November 18th podcasting a to Z online training course. Again, at, at, as the time I'm recording this, only 20 spots left. And uh, it's going to be a great time, a great op- a great session for you to participate in. Final opportunity for 2013. Head over to podcastinga2z.com. Again, that's podcastinga2z.com. If you have any questions, you can email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Until next time, take everything you do to the next level. Podcast. It's a man.